0: Thank you so much for watching this video today, I'm Dr. Childs, you can see an image of me here. And today we're going to talk about the thyroid medication, WP thyroid, and how it can lead to weight loss. And I'm going to do this by going over a case study, and you can see this patient here, her name is Sherilyn, and yes, she uh, said it was okay for me to use these images, just in case you're wondering. And I'm going to show you how she was able to lose 55 pounds over about 6 months or so, being a hypothyroid patient, um, and using WP thyroid. So I'm going to talk about uh, how how you might consider picking the right thyroid medication for you, um, what it takes to lose this kind of weight if you have hypothyroidism. And I'm going to do that by showing you Sherilyn's um, labs, and I'm going to talk about her and, and what I found in her labs and how we went about correcting that. Okay, And I want to show you this because I want you to know that It is possible for you to have this kind of weight loss, even if you are hypothyroid. Um, Many of you have been struggling to even lose 5 pounds or or, uh, 5 to 10 pounds. Um, And so you may think it's impossible or, you know, this is just a special case. And and this isn't really a special case. And that's what I'm going to try and show you guys. Uh, In fact, I have plenty of case studies showing patient after patient, um, even some of the most weight loss resistant patients you can imagine, patients that are post-bariatric surgery, um, patients who, you know, can't lose weight on the HCG diet, etc. Even these types of patients can lose weight with this, with this uh, the approach that I'm going to be talking about. Um, so before we dive into these things, uh, I want to talk about the different types of natural desiccated thyroid um, and when you would consider using WP thyroid versus Nature Throid versus Armor thyroid versus um, Armour thyroid and more about these uh, medications in general. So the one thing I want to point out before we do that is you may be in this category where you believe, and I, I, wrongly I might add, that simply switching thyroid medication um, will lead to weight loss. And this can, this can drive patients to see, seek uh, care from multiple physicians, all in the name of trying to switch their thyroid medication because they feel like that is the thing that will cause their weight loss. And I wanna tell you right now that's not true entirely. So yes, that may result in some weight loss, generally maybe five to 15 pounds at most. But simply switching your medication is usually not sufficient to have significant weight loss, okay, and we're gonna talk about that a little more later. Uh, but right now I wanna talk about the different thyroid medications, okay. Um, so let's talk about WP Thyroid versus Nature Thyroid versus Armor. Um, my preference, and I've come to this conclusion uh, after treating hundreds and hundreds of, of thyroid patients. I tend to, to prefer the use of WP thyroid over these other two um, types of thyroid medication because I've seen that it tends to be more easily absorbed uh, and thus available for use in the body than these other forms. And I believe that has to do with the fact that WP thyroid has less inactive ingredients. Okay. Um, one of the important things that you need to realize and I have a chart here that you can kind of check out is that all WP thyroids are relatively similar in the sense that they have the same amount of thyroid hormone concentrations so the active ingredients are the same um, okay so the amount of T4, the amount of T3 that they have where they differ is the amount of inactive ingredients and that believe it or not that's actually quite important so Many, many reactions to thyroid medications come from the inactive ingredients, not necessarily the active ingredients, although you certainly can have side effects from those active ingredients as well. Um, but those tend to be the symptoms of more of hyperthyroidism if you have too much and persistent hypothyroidism uh, if your medication dosing isn't accurate or isn't enough for your body. Now, the inactive ingredients tend to, be, tend to cause the very strange um, type of reactions that many of you experience. Um, they can cause abdominal discomfort, distress, headaches, uh, rashes, nausea, things like that. They're, they're um, sort of abnormal responses to the medication. Um, and the reason WP thyroid uh, tends to be better, in my opinion, is because many hypothyroid patients also have gastrointestinal issues. So if you look at if you look at the um, number of patients who have, let's just use small intestinal bacterial overgrowth as an example. Um, if you look at the amount of patients, hypothyroid patients who have SIBO, it's about 50% or so in random studies. So that's, that's a pretty significant number. I mean, basically there's a, a 50% chance that you have some type of inflammatory condition due to intestinal bacterial overgrowth in your body if you have hypothyroidism. Okay, and that, that inflammation in the GI tract Uh, will cause inflammation systemically if it persists for too long. It will also result in changes in um, your body's ability to digest and absorb nutrients. It will change your body's ability to digest and absorb medications. Um, And and it will lead to uh, symptoms like chronic constipation and and other gastrointestinal symptoms. So, the fact that about 50% of thyroid patients have these kind of issues and the fact that thyroid, natural desiccated thyroid itself can be difficult to absorb um, causes me to lean more towards using WP thyroid in the majority of patients. Okay, Now, there are instances where um, you might want to use Armour Thyroid or Naturethroid. I'm not going to speak too much about those. Um, it, it seems to be that most people, prior to the change that Armour Thyroid had in its uh, formulation of, you know, what was that, eight, nine years ago, something like that. Um, many people did okay on, on armor on armor thyroid and then they had this change which altered some of the inactive ingredients, specifically the binders within it, and p- patients started to react or some actually started to react and some actually had a better result. And again, that comes back to the inactive ingredients within these natural desiccated forms themselves. So generally what happens is if you have any sort of intestinal issues, and I list them here, SIBO, uh, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, CIFO, which is small intestinal fungal overgrowth, Those two tend to go together, by the way. Um, Irritable bowel syndrome, which is IBS, chronic constipation or acid reflux. Uh, I tend to prefer the use of WP thyroid. If you have low levels of sex hormone binding globulin, despite increasing your dose of thyroid hormone, that's an indication to me that you're probably not absorbing the thyroid medication. Either that or you're not converting it too well. But the point is, whatever medication you're on, if you have a low SHBG, then it's probably not the right medication for you. Um, or if you simply, let's say you switch from uh, level thyroxin or synthroid to some form of natural desiccated thyroid, and it wasn't working for you, then uh, I would point out that it's probably a better idea to simply switch formulations, like going from arbor to natriathroid or natriathroid to WP, than it is to go back to the T4, okay? And then the other thing that I've seen, which is worth mentioning, is the fact that many patients... Will experience hair loss with some forms of of natural desiccated thyroid and other thyroid medications. By the way, this isn't unique to NDT, um, but they may experience hair loss with these formulations. And simply by switching uh, formulations, that that may go away. And I don't have a, a really good reason as to why that happens. To be honest with you, I, my suspicion is it probably has something to do with with uh, inactive ingredients, but I don't really know, and I don't know that that we'll ever be able to figure that out. But it's just something that I've, I've noticed. So in general, the fewer inactive ingredients, the better absorption, and then therefore, the more use that the thyroid medication will have in your body. And so that's one of the advantages to WP thyroid. One of the questions I get is, it's not available at my pharmacy or whatever, something like that. Uh, you Your pharmacy can order it. I, I've given WP thyroid to patients who live in very remote and small cities in the United States and their pharmacy is like, we've never heard of this medication. No, we can't order it. We can't get it. Yeah, they can get it. They just have to order it. It just takes an extra step for them. So they might give you pushback, but they, they can absolutely get it. So don't worry about the availability of it. It's just They just order it for, you know, in, in a, at a wholesale price and they ship it to the pharmacy and then they give it to you. So um, just so you know, you can get it. Um, one of the next topics we want to cover is does WP thyroid cause weight loss? And I, I mentioned this previously in, in this, uh, this video here. Uh, the answer is yes, it can help with weight loss, but I wouldn't say that it necessarily causes weight loss to begin with. So it's not as if switching from nature thyroid to WP thyroid will suddenly result in significant weight loss for you, or switching from armor to, to WP will result in significant weight loss for you. It may, if you do not I mean, it may result in five to 15 pounds of weight loss if Let's say, for instance, you go to something like 15 milligrams of Armour to, you know, two grains or 100 and um, uh, two grains of uh, WP thyroid. Well, that would be that's not necessarily the because you switch medication. That probably has more to do with the dose. Okay, so um, the answer is yes, it can help with weight loss. But here's a really important point that I that I want to harp on for a second. Many of the many of the weight loss resistant issues that hypothyroid patients experience come from the hormonal abnormalities that tend to be caused by hypothyroidism, okay, not directly from low thyroid to begin with. So, let me explain that a little more. Hypothyroidism can lead to things like high cortisol levels, um, high insulin levels, low progesterone levels, high estrogen levels, and those hormone imbalances are what leads to significant weight gain, okay. And what happens is if you simply replace the thyroid, it doesn't fix, it may fix your thyroid, but it doesn't fix those other issues. So what you're left with is you, you're kind of left there scratching your head because you may feel better, you may have more energy, your, you know, your hair loss may subside, and yet you don't lose any weight. And so you, you know, you're kind of left in a paradox where you're thinking, why is this the case? Um, I, I feel much better, I haven't, but I haven't lost any weight. And the reason is because you didn't address those other hormone imbalances. And that's one of the main um, issues I see with, with hypothyroid patients. Now, the, the, one of the problems with this is that patients who fall into this category tend to think, well, if I just search out and, and find a doctor who's willing to give me more thyroid hormone or a different type of thyroid hormone, then I'll finally get the weight loss that, that I'm looking for. And that also tends to not be very true. Okay. So I, I want to talk a little bit about how to actually lose weight if you have hypothyroidism. And what it boils down to is you need to find the hormone imbalances that I mentioned previously um, or stumbling blocks or roadblocks that may prevent you from losing weight. So to talk about this, I'm going to use um, Sherilyn, which is this patient here, as an example, okay? And I'll tell you right now, it wasn't just her thyroid that was causing her, her weight loss resistance. It was a little bit more than that, and I'll, I'll explain it here. So what we're looking at is a sample of her labs, this is Sherilyn's labs, and I have highlighted here the summary of the abnormal results. So what this is is the the lab the lab has flagged these labs as being out of range. Okay, and so this is all that showed up. If you notice, there actually isn't a single thyroid up in here in the abnormal results page, but I do show you some of the thyroid studies down here. And it's worth mentioning that because many many physicians, many providers, many doctors, they look only at the abnormal results. Okay, so I've been in the hospital, I've been in um, the clinic, uh, you know, during residency, I, doctors are getting hundreds of, hundreds of labs every single day. Like I, I'm talking a crazy amount of labs that are going through them that they're looking at. And so they need a quick way to kind of go through these labs. And one of those, one of the ways that they do that is they look for only abnormal results, right? Because 95% of the population falls within the normal range. So if 5% falls out and that's kind of how they do it. So really most doctors are only looking at these abnormal ranges. Now, what's important is, is not what's abnormal, but what is suboptimal, and so we're going to talk about these suboptimal results and, and how that impacts um, Lynn's case, but many of you are probably t- thinking, okay, well, this all makes sense, but how do I get my doctor to listen or to look at these things, and it has to do less with ordering the right labs and more with the interpretation of the labs themselves, okay? Okay. So let me, let me show you by walking you through what I'm seeing here. And this isn't all her labs, by the way. This is just a, I just took some snapshots of, of these things to, to kind of show you what I'm looking at. But just so you know, there's, a, I probably order eight or nine pages worth of labs like this. So there's a ton more information that, that isn't included. Um, but looking at the abnormal results, we see three things right off the bat. So first of all, this PLT is her platelets, which is elevated. Her CRP, um, which is C-reactive protein, is elevated. And her fer- ferritin is elevated. So that sends a message to me right away that this patient has probably significant inflammation in her body. So platelets can go up, um, at, they're kind of like the, I mean platelets can go up for a number of reasons, but one of, one of the reasons platelet goes high is because of um, an, inf- an inflammatory kind of reaction in the body. It's like your body only has a couple ways to show you that it's, that it's been startled, and so platelets may go up. And this can happen even after something like a trauma like a surgery or, or an accident like physical trauma and it's just your body's way of reacting. So platelets, yes, they're involved in the clotting cascade, but high platelets can be an indication of of an inflammatory response in the body. Certainly C-reactive protein is absolutely an inflammatory marker. And then we go down to ferritin, which ferritin, as you probably know it, is a marker of iron store in the body. However, it is also what's known as an acute phase reactant. An acute meaning, you know, like sudden. um, And what that means is Ferritin can also be used as a a, a marker of inflammation um, in a, in those type of situations. So these three indicators to me or these three labs indicates me that there's probably a significant amount of inflammation going on in her. Now the question is why does she have inflammation? This could be um, from insulin resistance, which I know she has and we'll go over it, This could be from GI related issues. We know she has GI issues otherwise I wouldn't put her on WP thyroid. Um, it could be from food allergies, environmental sensitivities. It could be from a number of things. Um, the point is, her, it's a significant uh, reaction to her body, and she is showing that in her labs. Okay, for the most part, this might have just been blown off by other doctors, as well, like, okay, well, that's well, fine, they're up, but let's recheck in a month and see what happens. Um, but that's not that's not the case, and and I'll we'll explain that a little bit later. Um, her LDL is up; that could be a marker of her uh, her lack of thyroid, as opposed to a true issue with her cholesterol. So I'm not going to focus on that. The other important thing, really, really important thing here is that her hemoglobin A1C was flagged as being high and her result was 5.9, which it did flag as impaired fast and well impaired uh, glucose tolerance. So basically she falls within the pre-diabetic range, which means she has insulin resistance, which is a big deal. This is further, uh, so, well, before I move on, let's just say this. Those are just the abnormal results, right? Um, But we need in order to get to the bottom of what's going on in this case, we need to dig a little bit deeper. So, we're going into what the computer, well, I say computer, but what the lab didn't flag as abnormal, but even though these results are what I would say is uh, suboptimal. So, first we have insulin. Her fasting insulin is 9.5, which is a huge deal, and her reverse T3 is 16.7, okay? Um, And reverse T3 shouldn't be higher than 15. So, Really, these, you really have to have an understanding of thyroid function if you want to interp- have any, any hope of interpreting these. So again, don't just think you can order these labs and suddenly everything will be fine. You really need to have someone who, who understands the levels and what they mean and how to put the story together. So let me explain what, I, what is probably happening in Sherilyn by, by using these labs just to tell the story. So first of all, she's got a significant amount of inflammation. We know that. Uh, we'll get to the cause a little bit later. But one of the important things is that inflammation reduces T4 to T3 conversion, okay? So she has high inflammation, she has low free T3, and high reverse T3, which is exactly what we would expect, right? High levels of inflammation affect the thyroid, they cause your body to produce more of the inactive form of thyroid hormone, which cranks up your reverse T3, which makes you feel terrible, makes you feel hypothyroid, okay, which can lead her to... Um, having uh, issues like insulin resistance, which she also has. Now the combination of thyroid resistance and insulin resistance can now both lead to a situation where it's very difficult for her to lose weight unless they're treated. So do you see how these labs paint a picture of what's actually going on in her body? But in order to tell this, you know, in order to understand what's happening, you really have to have an understanding of how to interpret, not just order, interpret the lab results, okay? So let's put this together and talk about how to treat it. and again, this is what I harp on here. The important part is not the diagnosis. The important part is the treatment, um, because no matter how badly you want to feel better, your unfortunately, you're in most situations the doc, you're the doctor, or the provider you're using has the power to prescribe the medication that you need to feel better. And that can make you know that that, that can be a difficult situation, especially if you if your provider isn't really willing to work with you. Um, but in most cases, you will need some sort of intervention. Um, now, I show you this, this is a snippet of her, her follow-up labs, and you can see her insulin dropped from 9.5 down to 4.2. So, we had a significant, and I like fasting insulin to be less than 5. So, over the course of this 6 months, she had a significant improvement leading to the reduction of her insulin um, down to the normal range, and that's probably the reason why the majority of, she lost the 55 pounds that we talked about, okay? So, how do we do this? This is this is kind of the plan that it took for Sherilyn in terms of um, everything. So, let me just kind of go over this with you so first of all in terms of hormones i put her on hydrocortisone five milligrams so just a very low dose of hydrocortisone which is bioidentical um, cortisol basically to the body and that was because she had a condition known as hypercortisolism so her cortisol was low in the um and her a.m. cortisol was quite low in addition i put her on wp thyroid and i included the dose here so that you guys have an understanding that each patient is is very different in terms of how much thyroid medication they actually need. So, in this case, Sherilyn only needed 1.5 grains, and she and I had her on. I first I actually started on her on Armour. She wasn't doing as well. I switched her to WP, and she ended up doing a lot better. So that's just an example of how I how I'll even switch patients or manipulate dosages and things like that around. But in this case, she ended up on WP thyroid, and that's when she had significant results um, in terms of um, in terms of reduction her symptoms, but also. The weight loss that we talked about. I mention only the dose here because I want to say that um, there's a lot of lot of people out there that will that try to get you to continually increase your dose, right? If you, if you don't feel better, it must be because of your thyroid, therefore you need to increase dose. That isn't always true, guys. I, I show this because it doesn't take an insane amount of thyroid hormone. You don't need four, five, six grains to lose 55 pounds. You just need to take the right approach to it. So in this case, she did only need 1.5 grains. Supplements that I put her on: um, alpha-lipoic acid to help reduce insulin um, resistance. I put her on fish oil to help re- fish oil and zinc actually to help reduce that inflammation. Vitamin B12 to help with energy levels, and because she was deficient, um, selenium for the same thing, acting as an antioxidant, and to increase T4 to T3 conversion and to to decrease T4 to reverse T3 conversion. Right? You want that to be low, and you want T4 to T3 conversion to be high. Then I also put her on some milk thistle to help with um, liver basically detoxification because she had um, early symptoms of what's called fatty liver disease, which gunks up the liver, and then fatty liver disease um, can be associated. Basically, it's like pouring syrup in your liver, right? And it makes it, uh, it often accompanies insulin resistance. So, um, And there's another condition called fatty, fatty pancreas, but basically what happens is you get fat and sugar in it, well, mostly fat, but it gunks up the pancreas, it gunks up the liver, and then the issue is they don't work quite as well. So you can get glucagon dysregulation in addition to insulin dysregulation, becomes a big mess unless you really know how to fix it. So that's why I showed those, chose those supplements. Uh, for exercise, again, don't have to focus much on exercise in these cases. I just put her on some low intensity exercise every day. In terms of diet, again, you don't have to get real fancy here as long as you address the right issues. She's just simple whole food diet plus some intermittent and prolonged fasting. And then of course stress reduction. Um, she is, uh, for whatever reason, I end up getting a lot of teachers uh, as patients. And they tend to be very stressed out individuals. So, no offense if you're a teacher. I just think that that teaching in the United States tends to be very high stress, long hours, a um, lot of work. And so, I think I think the issue here is you need to make sure you're addressing stress levels if you want to lose weight as well. Okay. So, and I also want to focus on one thing here. One of the biggest issues that patients have with Um, Weight loss is the insulin resistance, as I mentioned, but the issue is that many of you fall into this category where you believe that, and I'm going to talk about this graph here, you believe that simply by dropping the input of carbohydrates into your body that you'll be able to to sufficiently reduce your insulin levels, and that actually isn't true for everybody, so you really need, and and this is what happens a lot in these patients, They'll, they'll, they'll be eating 10 to 20 grams of carbs per day, and yet their fasting insulin is still 12, and their hemoglobin A1C is still in the pre-diabetic range, and they're like, well, this is impossible. How could this be? Uh, well, a number of reasons could be, and that's, this was similar to Cheryl Lynn's case, but it might be the case for many of you out there. One of those issues is the stress component, as I mentioned. So you can have high cortisol. In this Sherilyn's case, she actually had low, low cortisol, so that wasn't contributing here. It was probably more the fact that high levels of insulin itself causes insulin resistance, which causes high levels of insulin, which causes insulin resistance, in a vicious cycle. And to break that cycle, you really need the combination of a carbohydrate or low carbohydrate, or that's what the CHO stands for here, carbohydrate. So low carbohydrate or carbohydrate-free diet in addition to fasting. So you can see this graph shows the, the how these different um, variables impact blood sugar in your body. And you can see that the standard diet is horrendous for blood sugar. Um, a low carbohydrate diet is decent, but you still get spikes um, in blood sugar, despite being carbohydrate free, right? Because protein can actually increase insulin as well, which can increase blood sugar and such that, that whole cascade. But then if you do fasting in addition to that, uh, intermittent fasting, that's how you really get that drop in in blood sugar and insulin that leads to significant weight loss. So what I want to do is talk to you about, you know, so let's say you are in a position where you're, you're listening to this. It all makes sense. You're like, okay, what do I do now? I want to, I want to lose 50 pound, 55 pounds, like Sherilyn. Um, I want, you know, I want my before and after to look like this. How do you do it? Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to find somebody who is willing to help you. Okay, so that that probably needs to be a provider of some sort who can prescribe medications. Now, it used to be the case, maybe, I would say, 15, 20 years ago, when people weren't as sick, that it was easier to get better without the use and interventions of medications and hormones. Nowadays, it tends to be a little bit more difficult. And I think that has to do with the fact that there's more environmental issues, there's more food allergies, people have more inflammation, they have more chronic illness, um, we're living longer. So people just are sicker over time and the intervention needs to match that level of, of inflammation and sickness. Okay. So generally I would recommend you find somebody that has the capacity to prescribe and write for medications otherwise you you might end up having to go see someone anyway so in that case find somebody who is local to you preferably um who thinks in a similar way who's who will take a a close eye looking at your your labs to figure out what's actually happening to you so remember in this case it was a cause of inflammation um leading to the thyroid dysfunction and the insulin resistance so once we fix that we cool out the fire you know everything kind of falls into place it's a little more complex than that but that generally in the most simple sense, that's what's going on in this case. Um, so find that person and get that help. And what I want to say is, don't don't sit there and suffer. There's no reason for you to be to feel like crap for so long, knowing that there is a is a way for you to feel better. Right? That just does, doesn't make any sense. Um, do something. Do something to uh, to make that happen. Go and find somebody. Invest in your health um, and make it happen so you can start feeling better. And then remember remember this. It, it usually does take a combination of trial and error you're not going to probably see the first person and, and um, they're going to figure everything out it's it's a little more complex than that and they're despite the fact that we have many tests that are available out there we're still not very, they're, they're still not necessarily hundred percent accurate and we're just not we don't have this the technology yet to figure that out as quickly as I think most people think we do so it does take some degree of trial and error to get to the root cause but you know as long as you have someone who's willing to work with you to get there I think you can do it so um, anyway, guys, I hope this was really helpful for you um, I, and you know, somewhat inspirational as well. And I, w- I want you to feel that way because I want you to know that, that there is help out there. So if this is helpful, great. If you have any questions on why I did what I did in this specific case study, let me know um, and I'll answer. You can leave the comments below. You can, If you're on the podcast, great. If you're on YouTube, you you know, you know, can leave the comments below there if you're on my blog post. i am also include a link to the blog post uh, in the description so you can get there as well. So anyway, I hope you found this helpful, guys.